0: If you were stranded on an island and could have only one thing, what would it be? The one thing that you would get that you couldn't live without? I mean, what would that one thing be? Have you ever thought about that? I don't know. Maybe some of you have been stranded on an island somewhere. Maybe it became a real thing for you. Well, I mean, that's a tough question, isn't it? What could you just not live without? My first thoughts would be phone, gotta have a phone, right? I guess maybe it would have some kind of receptivity on that island. And then, if not a phone, an endless supply of coffee, a lifetime supply of soft toilet paper, a book, and of course, a Bible. If I couldn't have the other things, or maybe instead of all the other things, What would you pick? I mean, what would you have to have to really be able to survive and live? Well, it's tough to narrow down to that one thing, right? Our scripture lessons this morning help us out here. They describe for us one thing that we really can't live without, especially when we feel isolated, when we feel helpless in our world. And maybe you feel that way this morning. Maybe you feel a little bit like things are just completely falling apart. Chances are, if not, you have felt that way in the past, or you will feel that way at some point in the future. The one thing that we need in this world is hope. I love the way we have our Advent wreath each year that reminds us of four very powerful words. And each week we will look at a different word. But today's hope always, today's word always starts us out right. It is the word of hope. Always remember that Saber Scoggin has uh, words that are for each Sunday that she puts with the flowers. Uh, She's not here with us this morning, but uh, there is a word that she always brings, this word hope. Little wooden letters. And it reminds us that hope is with us, especially in this time of darkness. Well, the people of Judah were feeling all alone in the sorrow of their city that was being destroyed. And in their exile to Babylon. Every year at Advent, we talk about Babylon. That's probably the only time that you ever hear much about Babylon, right? There are these reminders, these words that come from the prophets that are written or spoken to a people that is is far away. Uh, They are far away from home and they are living in exile. And here they are under King Nebuchadnezzar, having suffered the destruction of their homes and their lives. And what was most precious to them, their temple, had been destroyed. It was in rubble. Everything that was normal for them was now gone. And they wondered if that was true of their God as well, because they had attached God to this location, to this place, to this city. And so when they were far removed from it, they wondered if they were not also far removed from their God. Perhaps God didn't go with them as they were carried away. Well, Jeremiah had warned the king and warned them as well that this day would come. Prophets love to do that, right? They always go around saying, if you don't get your act together, God's going to smite you. You're in big trouble. And much the same here with Jeremiah. Jeremiah always was fighting this, right? He really didn't want this job of prophet. He's known as the weeping prophet. He goes cycles in and out of depression and and all the struggles and all the crazy things God gives him to say and do. But he says, you better get your act together. God's going to do something. And sure enough, something happened. We can get a feel for what it was like being them by listening to their songs of lament. If you look in the Scripture, you'll find lots of songs of lament. One of them, Psalm 137, begins with these words. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat. Yes, we wept when we remembered Zion. You just kind of get that idea that they're, they're just sitting there, totally dejected, sitting there Remembering home, the smells and the sights and the joy of being at home. But they are not at home. Around here, we would say they were singing the blues, right, Bill? You can hear those blue notes in their broken voices and in their broken spirits. Yet even at their bluest moment, there was still hope. Jeremiah spoke God's words of that hope to them. Right there in the midst of all of that. Well, today, we have sorrow and suffering in our world, don't we? We could all sing the blues a little bit in here. And we do that at times. Sometimes we do it longer than we would like to. At different times in our lives, we know the pain of loss, the grieving for what once was, or what might have been. By the way, didn't you know that this season is one of the bluest seasons of all for people? Even though there are lights and beautiful music and gifts and all the stuff that goes with that, there are still painful memories and gaps in our souls, our hearts, our lives that remind us of something maybe that once was but is no longer the hopelessness of our existence in a world that maybe was not of our choosing. And we feel the collective angst of living in what seems like an endless pandemic. And now Omicron, you heard about that one? A new variant with the potential to bypass our vaccines and wreak havoc on people's lives, hospitals, checking accounts, economy. Racism and white supremacy continue to wreak havoc in our nation as well, as we've seen on display in two very public trials this past week. One for Kyle Rittenhouse, the other for Ahmad Aubrey. We wonder how there can ever be safety with so many people, with so many guns and so much anger that exists in our society today. We wonder about a future where democracy in our nation is under assault from within an increasing potential for civil war. Like the people that Jeremiah spoke to, we can so easily wonder if there will be a future ever with peace, with wellness and with justice. Yet in all of this, the words of hope from Jeremiah and Jesus find their way to us. Don't they hear this morning as we sit here in this room? We hear words of hope, no matter what's going on in our lives. They call us these words. They call us to lift our heads to see a a better future, even as we suffer. As Martin Luther King Jr. put it, We must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. Well, even as the people of Judah couldn't forget the destruction of Jerusalem and and the destruction of all that they held dear, Jeremiah reminded them of God's promise to them to bring justice and righteousness. They were to hear once again that God's promise would be fulfilled. It was Jeremiah's purpose to keep that promise right there in front of them, pointing to the fulfillment of it in the future, just as he reached back in their past. By the way, read all the way through Jeremiah. We're just looking at 33 today. If you go back and read from the very beginning of chapter one, you'll get this this feel. You'll get an understanding as Jeremiah is walking them through how God has been with them in the past. And how God will be with them in the future. We love 33. Because it does contain that promise and that invitation for us to call upon God. That God hears us. And that God will answer us. But here, there is this reminder of God's faithfulness to them. In the midst of the hopelessness that we may feel in our world today, we are to know of God's promises to us. Like the people in Jeremiah's time, all we may be able to see at this moment is a stump. A stump. What once was a beautiful and majestic tree, or this beautiful throne of David, All they see now is it is in shambles. It has been torn down and all that's left for them to see is but a stump. And that may be all that we're able to see at this moment in our lives. As it reminds us of what once was and is no more. But we are to know that a branch of new life has already emerged and it continues to grow. The arrival of Jesus will bring us safety and will deliver justice and righteousness in our world. That's what Jeremiah said, and that's what we've already experienced. It will right the wrongs of our world and bring them forth in full measure. Well, it is during Advent that we remember that though we have insecurity and there's desolation all around us, there is still a branch of new life growing from the stump of what once was. The season of Advent calls us to continue on in those losses and miseries that we experience, never getting so overwhelmed by the problems of our lives and the challenges of our existence that we forget that what is now will not always be that God is already doing a new thing, even if we can't see it in full. Well, Jeremiah's reminder of a promise was to give them hope while they waited. Maybe you've already done some waiting this season. Maybe uh, if you went to the grocery store or you went to a shopping center, you went to Walmart or somewhere, chances are you were waiting, not only because they don't have enough workers right now, but also, in some of these stores, I think, just want you to wait. There's somebody that just really gets a lot of pleasure out of that, I think. But it is the season where there's a lot going on and we find ourselves waiting a lot. Well, the people that Jeremiah was giving these words to, they were waiting, but there was something they were to do while they waited. Notice the way that he quotes what God has told him to say with these phrases. The days are surely coming. If you have your Bible open, you could just underline that or you could look in your bulletin and see where it's printed there and hang on to those words as you go through this season. The days are surely coming. This is God. God is saying that to the people. The days are surely coming. And he says, in those days. Just wait, he says, in those days. In other words, though it doesn't look like or feel like it now, it's going to happen. Until then, their hope was to be active. One full of anticipation. In our Gospel text, Jesus instructed the disciples to watch actively and expectantly for God to act on God's promise. He says this, Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Like seeing the signs of life in the fig tree, they were to see the coming kingdom of God and what Jesus was doing right there in their midst and in the days to come. In this season of Advent, we must know that waiting is an action. It is an action rather than a passive position or posture. The way we experience hope while waiting is by living each day with anticipation, watching for what God is doing in this world through Jesus. It is acting on the belief that God is doing a new thing in this old world, and as the hands and feet of Jesus today. And by the way, you are the hands and feet. Hold up your hands right now. Just hold them. Okay. Now, as you look at those, just say to them, you are the hands of Christ. And look at your neighbor. And say to your neighbor's hands, your hands are the hands of Christ. In this world, y'all look like Pentecostals. <laughs> As the hands and feet of Jesus today, we help in the development of this new thing by allowing God to be active in and through us in our world. We can do it right now in this season of Advent in ways as simple as buying something to donate to the Christmas shop so that low-income shoppers can purchase new items at a reduced cost for their loved ones or going with the veterans team to give hats and gloves to veterans in transition. You can also come help serve meals to people in the neighborhood at the Highland Blessing Dinner, or you can work in the clothing closets or take immigrants to the airport to help them reconnect with their families. You can call or visit members who aren't able to attend church. These are just a few of the many actions that we can do as we wait on God in our world. I wish our Jeremiah text for today began a chapter earlier, like chapter 32. It's there that we see Jeremiah going out and buying property in Jerusalem. So this is another weird thing, right, that God tells Jeremiah. I want you to go buy some real estate, Jeremiah. Yeah, I'm getting ready to do some things in this city and things are going to be in ruins. But why don't you just go buy some property? Jeremiah, I'm sure, is like, what? What, God? Okay, I'll do it. And so he goes and buys property, even as the Babylonian army was building ramps to tear down the walls of Jerusalem. Jeremiah knew what was about to happen, but he acted in faith that one day God would restore what was lost just as God had promised. May we do the same today with hope. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen.